This is Tax Security Show, episode number 21, coming to you live from Cisco Live, Las Vegas, 2011. And uh, David, we're here on the third floor of the Mandalay Bay Convention Center looking out over the pool. It's a pretty sweet view. We've got our podcast stuff uh, set up here on some tables out in the main hallway, actually. And uh, our goal of this episode is to uh, talk to some customers. We've had some people walk up and chat with us about the podcast, some listeners that are familiar with the show, and we're hoping some of them walk by and agree to come on air and talk about the podcast and what they think of Cisco Live. Yeah, when uh, you were talking just earlier, we had some people come by taking videos of us recording the show. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Okay, maybe we're on YouTube. Maybe we're on YouTube. (laughs) Who knows? Okay, and here we are with Andy Winford, a Cisco customer and uh, a listener to the show. Andy, how are you liking uh, Cisco Live so far? Uh, so far, it's been amazing. I've never actually been to Vegas. Okay. So this is the first Cisco Live event I've been to, and first time I've ever been to Vegas, so I've got input overload right now. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both, man. I'm pretty exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, tell us about some of the sessions you've seen. Um, well, obviously, I went to your session uh, yesterday, um, the, uh, the troubleshooting for the 8.3. Uh-huh. That was um, a hands-on lab, right? It yeah. Was, yeah, it was a hands-on lab, which was... How'd you do? It was brutal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's the way we wanted it. I actually, I left feeling a lot better about uh, the path that I'm on trying to get my CCIE awesome. and security. You know, I felt that uh, I learned a lot uh, just from a troubleshooting standpoint um, and, and really how to dig deeper under the hood of, of, of the ASA 8.3 code. Um, but it's been, it's been phenomenal. Uh, it, there's too much. Uh, yeah. I think that the hardest part about the the Cisco Live event for me is trying to get to everything, mm-hmm. and you know for those people who are signing up to do it next year, uh, just don't worry. Try to get as much. First of all, sign up early. Okay, that was a mistake I made is I waited a little too late and I missed some of the sessions. But uh, they record everything, so cool. um, you know if you get the ones that you want to really really be a part of, and then you know make sure that uh, you have accessibility to the others. And I mean it's it, and really Cisco has done a great job. Uh, I was a little nervous about coming because I, again, never been to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what the event was going to be like. Okay. Didn't know if I could find my way from the hotel room to the, <laughs> you know, to the floor. But um, how's it worked out? It's been great. Good. I mean, they've actually uh, uh, to take as many. I think the keynote today said there was fifteen thousand people yeah, here. Yeah, we have a lot of people here, <laughs> and you saw them when they left the keynote. Yeah. Um, but uh, they've really done a fantastic job just directing people uh, everywhere you look. Someone's can I help you? What are you looking for? And they all know exactly where to send you. Yeah. So I've never been lost or, you know, at all. It's It's been a really amazing event. They've got it down to a science for sure. Yeah. We've actually noticed that. We were commenting to each other how helpful everyone is and it's pretty professional. how good the staff is. Yeah. It's been a good good event. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, from a knowledge standpoint, it's, it's I, I really, I'm, I'll go home and I'll just be exhausted by the time <laughs> I get off the plane. So, so let's talk about like some technical stuff. So specifically, what are some uh, interesting technical things you've learned or um, things you didn't know before that you'll take home with uh, to use in your job? Um, again, going back to the session yesterday, um, really <laughs> one of the funny things I mentioned to, uh, yesterday that I, that I re- didn't realize is that you could do show run Little things, you know, like mm-hmm. show run uh, object in the ID of the object. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. It's stuff you never think to look up to see if that's something that you could use or something you could do. Uh, and and the ASA code is just constantly amazing me at, you know, how simple it is to migrate through it in the in the CLI. But, you know, things like that, I didn't know how to do that. And just really um, 
you know, really getting deep on the packet tracer mm-hmm. command. I mean, that's, you know, that's phenomenal. I mean, it's one of the best tools that, that I think you can use on the ASA to troubleshoot an issue. That's interesting, though. You're talking about, you know, running these little tiny commands. Sometimes you just don't know about them until you see someone else run them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, and then it's with you forever. And then you're doing it on your firewall or, what, or your iOS device. And then your coworker says, hey, what would you just do? That was cool. It's funny how much sort of word of mouth stuff. Yeah, you know, little little things. Right? That's something like that's said. really easy to pick up in this kind of community environment, right? When yeah. you're around other people that are interested in the same thing. Well, you know, something I mentioned that I uh, I think I mentioned to you guys yesterday. Uh, back in 2009, I worked with Magnus on mm. a an issue, um, and just I knew I had somebody that knew what they were doing immediately, and uh, and I use uh, Secure CRT, so I began. I just recorded the uh, command line session, yeah. and yes. I still have that. I still have that session, and I will go back and look at things like show sp drop i never knew that command existed you know i'm going and seeing the commands that he typed um uh you know matching it uh, doing a capture and matching against instead of going and creating an access list mm-hmm. you know he just he just did it so quick and just matched against specific hosts um you know yeah, thing- and i think there's a difference too between i mean you can it, it's hard i guess for cisco to get information out to customers about what new small features are in mm-hmm. releases like mm-hmm. you really have to read the release notes and they're there but until you see someone actually use it and apply that stuff, you know, if it's not like a feature like ERDRP, right, but you're saying like matching ACLs and stuff, until you actually see it apply and see how the benefit is, you know, that there is in using it or show run object ID, right, um, it, it's really hard to kind of show how it's really used in practice. But those are some of the most important things Yeah, to some, have. Most, yeah. some of the most useful. Like even yeah. Packet Tracer, like before you use it, you're like, oh, well, I don't know if that'd be any good or not if yeah. it's really practical. But once you use it once, you're like, oh, wow, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> How kinda, could I not it's have used this before? Right when you need it, it's difficult to think about it and get it into your workflow. But once it's there, it's yeah. it's a tool that you'll never lose. And that's one thing I noticed that you guys, and, and, and something that, that I will take from this, is every time you went through the troubleshooting uh, steps, you followed the exact same steps. It seemed to me. I mean, you may have did a few things differently, but you guys follow the same troubleshooting steps throughout the whole thing. And, and you know, I, I actually work for a gold partner, and so I'm always responding to you know issues and, and working with customers, uh, you know, Cisco customers or customers of ours. And uh, you know, a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to just sit there and 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 and, and try to figure out a problem. And sometimes you get flustered and you start digging. Like on the first one, I think that that we did yesterday, the first uh, uh-huh. lab scenario. We did, okay. The scenario. I was completely off base. I was digging way too deep mm-hmm. than I needed to be because I didn't follow that flow. Mm-hmm. And then as the labs progressed, I saw that you guys had a, a very specific order that you looked at things. I mean, right out of the gate, you're looking at the logs, you know, and then and then you start trying to, you know, get down to what the actual issue is. And I think you even described okay. You know, these are the questions that we'll ask attack. These are the things that we'll need to know before we start. And I, honestly, it's, it's amazing. I've never done that. You know, usually by the time I'm, you know, in the middle of, of working on an issue, I mean, the heat's up pretty high. Yeah. And I have to jump in. And sometimes I'll, you know, I'll eventually get to the answer. But I think I could probably do it a lot simpler if I had a, a good methodology. And I think that's something that I learned yesterday as well. Fantastic. Yeah, during that class, you know, we've got 30 firewalls set up. And there's a web server behind the firewalls. And we inject traffic or we change something in the config dynamically and then the students have to fix it um and students like india are working out trying to get the problem fixed and we watch people's screens you know as they're working through the problems and 
the first couple labs, we see a lot of people like looking through the running config or you know, looking at ASDM and sort of clicking around. And then by the end of the labs, we see people start to pick that up. You know, they're checking the syslogs and they're looking really hard at the logs. And then they're like, okay, I don't see anything. What's next? Packet captures. Okay, what's the flow? How do I identify what the firewall might be changing? And the funny thing to me is, is that we teach that. You know, we say, here's, you know, syslogs are your best friend. Here's what you do. Here's how you use it, right? We actually teach the methodology. But, and like you said, in most cases, in the first lab, the students go back to what they know, right? Yeah. They don't do what we just taught. They go back to what they know. And as you progress and they see that, hey, you know, we have a lab guy that says, ask these questions. And it's almost the same questions <laughs> for yeah, every lab, ones. right? And it's like training them. Okay, well, you know, you can really solve any problem if you follow the same methodology through it. So. Some of those lab scenarios, um, we turn off some of the syslog IDs because it would just be so easy. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I mean, that's ASA has good syslogs, you know, it, it's very verbose and it'll tell you what's actually happening, which is really nice. Do you have any shout outs you want to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess my wife, I told her, uh, it was so funny. Uh, we were driving uh, to my uh, family who lives a little bit further away from where we live. And I, I, again, when I travel, I usually try to use that time, you know, when I have windshield time, use it valuably. And uh, I was listening to your podcast. <laughs> And I remember I took I took off my headphones. I said, "I get it. I understand what these guys are talking about. I think I really can do this, you know." And she just she calls it, you know, "Okay, you having fun at your geek fest?" Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. And That's she's so excited that I met friend. I met my friends at the geek fest. So right. I gotta awesome. give it. I, she'll be listening to this, so I, uh, I let her hear it. And I gotta get a shout out to my wife and kids. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's talk about what we're doing out here at Cisco Live in Las Vegas. Let's start with you, Blaine. How are your uh, presentations going so far? And tell us about how it went. Yeah, so we had a, a big presentation on uh, Sunday. started bright and early at 8 a.m. And uh, I actually presented on IPS and CSM. We did a session called Unleashing the ASA. So I was talking about the IPS modules and the management in CSM. And I did it along with you guys who talked about Smart Call Home and Phone Proxy and did some really awesome demos. And we also got the audience to clap for David White's uh, demo, so. That's true. Uh, the, okay, let's talk about your demo you did, Dave. You wanted a demo, Smart Call Home, specifically the feature of Smart Call Home, where it can report back to you and automatically open a tack case if your firewall crashes. So you brought the guy up to the front of the room, a volunteer, um, and you asked him to crash the firewall, and he said, I don't know how to crash a firewall. And then you asked the audience, who knows how to crash a firewall? What were, they, what, what were some they of the They said, turn on debugs, pour water on it, yeah. hit it with a baseball <laughs> bat, all of which are very good answers, but we have one where that allows us to take the ASA so, back so home tell us working. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about the demo and what you did to crash the firewall and how, how the demo went. So, yeah, so we had them come up there, and first we had them configure Smart Call Home, and so that was really what we wanted to showcase was in the 8.4.2 release, um, as well as a 8.2.5 release, when you first load those images onto the ASA and you launch ASDM, you're prompted if you would like to enable either anonymous smart call home or registered smart call home. And so we had them enable registered smart call home, clicked one button, put in my email address, and hit submit. And previous to this version, it was like 17 different CLI commands in order to enable registered smart call home. So that was really, you know, showcasing how simple it is to enable registered smart call home. The next step is, again, like you said, we had them crash the box, which, uh, as the audience didn't know, but now they do now, is there's a command called crash info force, and you can give it a type of page fault or watchdog crash. And that watchdog. will actually crash your firewall. Yes, so it, it, it don't gives run you a it warning unless that says, you're on the lab box. this will actually reboot your firewall. And uh, I let them know that the reason the command is there is really so that we could test the feature of saving the crash to flash because when that feature first came out back in, I think it was pick 6.2, 
um, dev test said, well, if you're going to add this feature, we need a way of testing it. Mm -hmm. So they were going to add a hidden command. And I said, whoa, 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 we're not adding any more hidden commands. You know, we're going to expose it to customers. They might have some use for it. And as it came in this case, we actually did have a use for it. So anyway, the firewall crashed and... Uh, in front of everybody. In front 70, of everybody. 70 people watching. It was yeah, good. 75. And when it booted back up, uh, I had them enable the debug. So debug, call home all. And you could see that the box was sending the inf inventory and environment information. And then it looked and it saw that it had a crash info file and that it had not sent it into Cisco yet. And because it was, was registered Smart Home, it went ahead and sent that into Cisco. And then I logged into my computer and showed it up and showed my email and saw that the email came in and it indicated it opened attack case on behalf of me because my ASA crashed. So then I showed the TAC um, trouble ticket queue and you could see the case in it and just about that time, attack engineer accepted the case. Yeah, Magnus, um, Magnus was waiting. He, he picked up the attack case that came in automatically and called David's cell phone. David pretended it was his wife calling and put it on speaker. And then everybody could hear Magnus calling and saying, hey, we've got the crash file. And it was, he, it was the real case that was opened up absolutely. by the firewall. It was really cool. It was a real case. And, uh, and uh, you know, he called and let us know that the box crashed, what the host name was. And told and us uh, why the box crashed. Yeah, yep. absolutely, why the box crashed. Uh, because someone issued a... Uh, crash info force page fault and I said it wasn't me <laughs> but it was the customer that was sitting in front of me and then we promptly the blamed the customer for Absolutely. the firewall crashing and then I told Magnus he could go ahead and close the case and I'd give him a high five alright yeah my demo was not that cool I, it was complicated though I had two phones and I had a call manager on the inside of an ASA 5505 the same firewall we had crashed in an earlier demo um, and I had a, a phone on the outside ready to go registered to the inside call manager and we were simulating a remote user across the internet registering via phone proxy. So in my lab, I, f I um, showcased the uh, ASDM uh, wizard for configuring phone proxy, and we configured it. And, um, and then I grabbed the phone, and it was connected to a 100-foot-long Ethernet cable. We walked the took phone it all to the, the way, audience. took it yeah. back, <laughs> set it in front of someone in the audience who would tell us that it's not registered, and Jay went through the demo of ASDM and had, uh, had a, someone configure phone proxy as he was talking them through it, and then... Automatically, the uh, phone registered and, and we made a call. End to end call. Yep. That's right, and showed the uh, audio and uh, signaling that was encrypted by the ASA. And I thought Blaine's demo was really cool too. He used the same uh, uh, SQL injection attack that I think was episode 19, maybe. Uh, I can't remember, but it was the uh, episode that we showcased this mitigating the SQL attack. Yeah, mitigating it with several different devices. So I used the proof of concept web page and um, we executed a SQL injection attack against a database that I had set up back in uh, at uh, Cisco and um, we actually det detected that with an IPS signature and saw the signature fire and then looked over in CSM and CSM 4.1 in the event viewer and saw the signature fire there as well. And uh, then we ran a report so that we could give to our manager and, and show that we actually protected the network from an attack. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, it went very well. <laughs> All right, we've got uh, a listener here from Germany. Um, stop by to say hello, and why don't you tell us uh, when you listen to the podcast and, and why what you what you use that information for? I use the podcast very often when I'm on the road again. I listen to the podcast, I think, more than once. Some podcast five times, oh, six really? times. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, oh. you don't want to listen to this <laughs> five times in a row. That would drive me crazy. Yeah. That, that is good because uh, when you are traveling, you have enough time to listen to something. And the great or the great experience was um, in the past, you see all from podcast to podcast. Yeah, when the podcast number five, number six, number seven, 
everything you see what's going on with these guys in the <laughs> real life yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean we, we talk we try to talk a little bit about what we're doing just to you know as a little intro and personalize it a bit more i mean we're so technical it's good to spend a couple minutes just saying what's going on you know is, is there a particular uh, something that you learned uh from being here at Cisco Live that you'd like to share with other customers? Or what do you think of this this experience being at Cisco Live? Yeah, the Cisco Live gave me a great experience and a great enhancement for all my questions I have on the customer projects. Okay, cool. So have you attended any uh, really cool sessions that you really liked? Or? Yeah, and I also like the parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. haven't talked about the parties. There yeah. are parties every night. Just yeah, about. we have yeah. to do it every night. I, I can see on your badge you've got two CCIEs. So wow. are you going to be attending the CCIE party tonight? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Maybe uh, you're also there? Oh, yeah. We'll be there. <sighs> yeah, i got to talk tomorrow. I, I'm w thinking I might need to turn in early, but I might be Come there. on. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Come on. We'll see. <laughs> What about the technologies that you use in your work? Are you <coughs> a mostly firewall guy, or do you do all security, or? No, um, overall. That means security, that means wireless, that means routing and switching, unified communications, I call that under construction. <laughs> 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 I heard that, that's good. Because uh, unified communications and security are not two areas that are not fit together, in my opinion, yeah? Okay. And that's uh, the main problem when I got in projects. You see, the the UC guys say, oh, the security is not working, yeah, and the security guys say, it's maybe a UC problem, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, as the ASA gets more, um, you know, integrated in a lot of these unified communication technologies, we've got the yeah, classic the inspection, but now we have the phone proxy. Phone proxy, TLS proxy. TLS and proxy, yep. Yes, and I set it up uh, once time, and the guy in our company, they you are the security guy, you are the routing switching guy, you are the UC guy, set it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, UC, no. <laughs> so were you able, did it work? I mean, were you able to yeah, get it Yeah, it, it works and uh, okay, I said, I've done nothing more. Oh, okay. Nothing more with yeah. it. All right. Well, well cool. Glad it worked. Is there anyone back home you want to say hello to? Yeah, my friend uh, Jens from Cologne and he listened also to the Tech Security Podcast. And he probably wishes he was here. <laughs> no, he's on the way back to the hotel, oh. and then we go oh, to the okay. party. Yeah. So you just want to be famous by giving him a <laughs> shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming by to talk thank to you. us. Thank you. really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, guys. And maybe see you next year. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. We're inside the world of solutions. It's a giant room here. We've got tons of vendors, tons of Cisco people all around, and we're at the table topics. So we've got a table set up here. We've got our equipment. Rick. Guthier? Guthier? Guthier. Guthier. Very nice to have you on the show, Rick. Thank so you. Uh, tell us about uh, how you found the podcast. From David's session last year. Oh, really? It was cool. Yeah. Awesome. Your, uh, your marketing of Cisco Live <laughs> of your product and got me, got me hooked and I got a couple of coworkers hooked. And awesome. So what do you think of the show? I love it. Awesome. It, it, you know, it exposes me to stuff that I normally wouldn't have looked up myself. Uh, the session on, you know, commands that people barely know and should know uh, right yeah uh, I passed that on to some co-workers so you know I learned ASP drop stuff I learned uh, stuff uh, stuff about VPN so it's it's just a it, it, since uh, security is like not my primary role it's just a way for me to get more exposure to stuff that I don't work with every day so awesome it's, it's a great so how resource. do you listen to it in the car on the way to work that's what I, uh, most. yeah exactly okay. uh, I download them uh, through my Android phone through uh, through a podcast player and okay. listen to the MP3s and awesome. set it up so I actually have it set up so it won't delete them. 
<laughs> <They're> <laughs> that that like, that's right. It's good stuff. Okay, so Rick, I can see on your badge that you're a net vet. So tell us how this Cisco Live uh, shapes up to other ones. Well, this year, I'm. It's probably from my perspective. I'm focusing on data center. So the great data thing about hot. about Live is, no matter where you are in the industry, you can just tailor Cisco Live to match what you what you want. So. Um, I'd say this as the show obviously keeps current, so I'm following market trends and stuff with uh, data center that uh, relative to my job, and awesome. I, I get to stay with that. So it's very great. cool. It's great. great that you can just focus, and like all live, it's you have the top of the line. You know, you got your questions ready to answer, and you're going to get the pinnacle person in that industry to, to as a resource. And I noticed that Rick came prepared. He's got his <laughs> his Android phone with a stand on our podcast He's table right stand. now with questions. So this is going to be really good. We have no idea what these questions are. No, very, very simple stuff. So Rick, go ahead. Shoot us with one of those questions that you've got. Okay, first one is probably simple. Uh, when will tagging in eAdgerP be supported on ASAs? Ooh. Good simple question. question. I know, well, I guess it's a simple answer, as we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm not aware of any plans currently in the near future to support that. Yeah, we rely on tagging for uh, our method of of madness to our to our routing and anything with ASAs we're doing with OSPF because of the requirement for taggings being inbound, and we're a big eAdgerPy shop in a lot of the, the data centers, so it's like. The only changes I know that we've done recently with uh, EIGRP is we improved some of the supportability. We um, added the ability with a route map, if you're redistributing into EIGRP, I think, to give all the appropriate different metrics. I think okay. it takes five. So now we support those, so you can set those. But yeah, other than that, I don't know of any recent changes or anything. That was the last change. But yeah. I don't know of any future ones coming. Though. Next question. Um, <laughs> uh, Learned to love ASDM recently. I just got my SP and all of the stuff. Congratulations. I, yeah. I focused on. Yay. Uh, coming from the CLI background and PDM as a background, I learned to ignore the GUI. So, but with ASDM and with the, it's a really, really, I love the tool. Awesome. Good. One thing that I do that I don't know if there's an equivalent of is show con or show xlate type of monitoring is do you just basically open up a CLI and type show con, show xlate as far as monitoring your connections. So we did add, is that in the, the latest version? We add yeah. real-time monitoring of connections so that you can actually, it'll, ASDM will periodically issue show con and constantly refresh it and you can sort the connections. Was that added in, uh, it's I in the version it, that was just released, right? It, we added that in, um, starting with 8.4.1, I think, okay. and the ASDM 6.4.5. So yeah, there is now a connection tab. Um, you can view the real-time connections and, and actually sort them by um, bytes transferred, last refreshed, that sort of thing. Idle so time, things like that. But also note that ASDM, you don't have to pair it with the ASA version. So you can run the latest ASDM version with ASA 8.0 if you want. Right? Okay. There's, there's no pairing anymore. Um, so that was a question that we had yesterday in our class is that this, the people in the class didn't realize that they weren't paired together anymore. So you can down, even if you're not running 8.4, you can still get the latest ASDM and get that feature in it. Okay. Yep. So if I was on a, I could use the 6.4.5 and get that feature of like a, an 8.0, an 8X. Yep, yeah. you got and, it. And get it, okay, cool. And we actually do that in our troubleshooting lab class that we do. We have the same ASDM version, 6.4.5, and we use that with 
um, when we run the uh, lab scenarios on 8.25 and on 8.42. So we just okay. upgrade the code, but leave the ASDM version the same. Yeah, I think so. we got a lot of 8.2s out there. Yep, so. sounds perfectly cool. fine. Okay, yep. cool. Awesome. Um, I think my last one is for uh, you know object groups on ACE, the ACE entries that it creates show access list. You can granularly see which hits within the ACE are hit. Um, is there any plans with when you use object groups and routers with like zone-based firewall to when you do show access list to see the same ACE hit expansion hit yeah. count? You know, like in, is it web? Which web server of this ACE is it? Is that something coming or is that something? Is Unfortunately, you know not. that's that? not something that, uh, that I've heard is on the roadmap. But again, something, I mean, the, all the people that are here, you know, we've got a lot of TMEs from every organization at Cisco as well as the product marketing managers, and they're the ones that drive a lot of the features. So the reason that they're here is to get feedback from the customers. Okay. And so this is the best platform, you know, just about to get information and get feature requests to them because you can explain the benefits and use of it and why it's important. But right. yeah, okay. uh, it, I'm not aware of it on any current future roadmap, meaning it's, I'm not aware of it under development, but it's a great place here at Cisco Live to let them know that that's something you want. Okay. Yeah, and those yeah. sorts of serpentability requests are things that we in the attack drive, but for them to hear it from a customer at Cisco Live will be difference. great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah we just deployed our first zone-based firewall as opposed to deploying a router and a firewall at, at, at a setup. and. Uh, I know my security guys are going to say, well, which ACL are you doing? Because we took a an existing setup and just converted it just with the, the small syntax difference between the router and the, and the firewall's object groups and, and ported it. And then when you do it, I was like, oh, no, I don't see I don't see what I saw with, with, it, with an ASA. But it, it's, it's, it should be fine. So you go yeah. to any other, what, what's been your favorite session so far at Cisco Live? I, I did, uh, I'd have to say the, the lab that I did. I did a lab on uh, FCOE. You know, being a, a network background, uh, the guy did a fantastic job giving a foundation, a fiber channel for the all of the common theme in the room was it was all network uh, network guys there and uh, not the storage guys. So uh, giving a great uh, great foundation of he did like three day training within an hour and a half to slam us full of uh, nice. full of FCOE so that wow. we really understood how to apply it cool. to uh, to 5K. It was it was a really really good session. Great. Yeah, I'm just amazed about how much stuff I don't know when I come to Cisco Live. I mean, <laughs> you know, okay, great. I'm an expert on the ASA, FWSM, you know, iOS firewall, but man, there's just so much out there that you just have no, like, I just have very little exposure to. Such a to, small you know? piece of a huge world. Yeah. It's humbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is humbling. It sure yeah. is. Any shout outs that you want to give to anyone back at your company? Your wife? This anyone? is going out to the entire world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are literally millions. millions. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say tens. <laughs> yeah. Literally hundreds <laughs> of people could be hearing me right now. <laughs> no, thank you for the family, and though for Lynn and Zach, Nick and Jenna for uh, letting me come to live and bringing back uh, playing cards. Yeah. It's funny you awesome. come. You know, I'm from uh, from Cincinnati. You come to to Las Vegas and you bring home uh, uh, souvenir playing cards from Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they were made. You guys playing cards, Cincinnati. If Ohio. If you got kids, they have these uh, lollipops that made are that are made out of dice. So oh, they're nice. dice lollipops. You can only get them in Vegas, I hear. They're uh, at the airports and stuff. That cool. Kids love those things. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for dropping yeah, thanks by. thanks a lot. Great. Really thanks, it. guys. Thanks, so thanks, for, thanks for the answers. Enjoy, appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your, uh, your convention. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. Okay, next up we have Charles. And uh, Charles, tell us what you're doing here at Cisco Live. I'm uh, learning about the new technology in Cisco, um, learning all the new features, new modules coming out, new ACEs. Okay. Um, and 
challenging Cisco with some of the troubleshooting issues that we have day to day. Well, well, tell us what questions you've got for us. I guess I found out here that the FWSM does not end of life yet, but it's coming, and that there's now a new module for AS, uh, ASA is actually in the 6500. And the big question I have is, <laughs> are they ever going to be VRF aware or um, VRF light aware? Mm, so that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't typically answer product future questions, but I can say that uh, the ASA service module, when it comes out, actually, it's uh, I think it's shipping this week. Um, it won't be VRF aware and it won't support VRF light. Um, and there's no current plans that I'm aware of that we're talking about that has VRF included in the ASA code base or the ASA SM code base. Okay. So is is it that you guys use lots of VRS and that's how you segment your traffic and you like it to be tightly integrated with the module? So I'll tell you a little bit where I'm a part of the financial industry. We're okay. a managed service provider. Okay. So we provide high-speed, low-latency links and we send all of our exchanges and services, or clients and services. So we use an MPLS, we keep the traffic segmented from one another, but we have clients that come in and we want to aggregate them to their own VRF and keep them separate from the rest of the traffic. We also have, um, they want a public peer with us. We're a managed service provider, not an internet service provider, so we don't have a lot of public space, but we can take the public space we have and keep it segmented to each VRF so that in the ASA, it comes into a global routing table, which presents a problem. You can't use the same space over and over and over without doing a lot of natting, and it gets really ugly. So the alternative is to do multi-context mode on the ASA. You can. So that's my next and question. And then each VRF would go into a different context. That's the, that's the classic way that customers sort of get, I think, what you're looking for. Have you investigated that? or? I have. Uh, okay. The only problem is Cisco would love it because I'd have a couple of hundred contexts uh-huh. running. Yeah. Um, but in the past, at least on the FWSM, I know you could not terminate a VPN tunnel. And on the ASA, um, the actual hardware box, if you went into multi-context mode, you could not terminate a VPN tunnel. Is that going to change in the new platform? So it doesn't change in the new platform because the new platform runs the same code base. So it's a function of the software, not a function of the actual hardware itself. Um, so when the ASASM is first released with the 851 release, it actually doesn't technically support VPN even though there's... VPN uh, hardware accelerator chips on the blade, but in the subsequent release, um, it will support VPN. However, it won't support VPN in multi-context mode. Right. Okay. There, there's no support for that at this time. Well, I, I did. I was reading today. I was interested. I saw a bunch of questions about FWSM, and there's going to be scripts to convert from FWSM into an there's ASA. There's a tool. Yeah, there's a actually tool. a tool um, that you'll be able to download on Cisco.com to convert the configuration from the FWSM to the ASASM. Okay. And, and, and the ASA SM is going to handle all the features FWSM did, plus more like on the on the uh, ASA SM you can have mixed mode and multi-context. So some contexts can be transparent mode, some can be in routed mode. Oh, like the FWSM was. Yeah, exactly. And it, ha- it scales up, you know, with the same number or more virtual contexts and same interfaces and everything, so. Okay. Um, brings another question if I didn't, never had to worry about this on FWSM, it was pretty rock solid, the code we were using. When you're in multi-context mode in the ASA and the new blade, when you upgrade the code, is it for the entire box? Yes, it's for the entire blade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the whole blade will upgrade. So is this your first Cisco Live, or have you it's been actually my second. Your second. So for our listeners that might never have been to Cisco Live, how would you kind of sum up Cisco Live from a customer perspective? Um, it's a great experience. You, uh, This is like multiple classes, multiple sessions, people with the same kind of problems 
all coming together. You get to learn. Um, you meet with people that have the same kind of network backgrounds, the same kind of problems. You Last year I was here, I met with a guy who worked for Morton Salt, and he talked about going a thousand feet underground to have to go replace the wow. switch that died. <laughs> and all of the, you know, the salt that gets into the fans and screws them up, and you never think about network engineer going to a thousand feet underground for a salt mine. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. So it's just a variety, wide variety of folks that you would normally come together with, but the, the training and the troubleshooting, the classes. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Charles. Really appreciate yeah, it. All right, thanks. Yep. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of the Tax Security Podcast. You can check out other episodes by going to the episode webpage at www.cisco.com slash go slash tax security podcast. 